for a closing song, Chip. Uh, John Michael is, I think. Okay. All right. Good to see you this Lord's Day morning. I love to sing, as, as you know. I like to sing loud. And the problem with that is I don't hear anybody else <laughs> whenever I'm singing. And so sometimes I do like to sit there and be quiet up front, and I can hear different people singing. I recognize the voices, and I like that too. I like to hear other people uh, praising the Lord, and that just blesses my soul, and um, it, it just encourages me. Um, if you would open your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, uh, continue our series here on Bible doctrine, and we're going to be talking about the new birth this morning. Uh, we want to be not just from a doctrinal perspective, uh, just teaching about the new birth, uh, but hopefully uh, from an urgent perspective in the fact that we need the new birth as we work uh, through this uh, lesson today. John chapter 3, and let's start with a reading of verse 1 through 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things or these signs uh, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I believe, I believe the water there refers to the fleshly birth. That which is born of the flesh, that's why he says that next, is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it, the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So our subject today is the new birth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask for your help, Lord, as we come into your holy word and, and look at it in regards to the new birth. Father, I pray that you would work through the word of the Lord this morning and help me as I seek to teach it. And Lord, as we seek to understand, Lord, what the scriptures teach in regard to that new birth. I am thankful, Father, for that new birth. I'm thankful, Lord, that by your spirit you have enabled us here, Lord, that know you to be born again. We are thankful so much for that. For we know that that power is not in and of ourselves, but it is all of you. And Father, I pray for those here this morning that have yet to know Christ, yet to come to faith and repentance. I pray, Lord, that you would work in their hearts and draw them to yourself. Give them life from above. And Lord, I pray that you would draw them to yourself by your Holy Spirit and work that faith and repentance in them. Father, I pray that you just work in, in, in a way that will be undeniably uh, the hand of the Lord this morning. May your Spirit blow upon us and work and move in hearts. We beseech you in the blessed name of Jesus. And amen. The new birth is absolutely necessary in order for us to enter 
or to see the kingdom of God. Uh, the Word of God teaches, and I know that we've looked at in the past, that man is spiritually dead. And listen, in God's kingdom, uh, the kingdom both here and in the hereafter are spiritual in nature. And so therefore man uh, has no desire of his own for God. Man has no desire or affection for any of the spiritual things of Christ on his own. We have zero desire of our own and zero ability to even come to God and to please God. There's nothing in us as the natural man uh, that would qualify us to enter the spiritual kingdom of God. And so therefore, we must be born again. We must be born of God's Spirit because man's spirit is dead according to God's Word. Now, being in God's kingdom implies a submission to the king. And man, by his own, will not submit to the king. We're taught in the Word of God in the book of uh, Romans that man, by nature, is at enmity with God. And so the new birth is necessary in order to overcome our evil will and passions that are against the nature of God. And so God comes and enables us to submit to the claims of Christ by His Spirit and the rule of the gospel in our life. The new birth is necessary, absolutely necessary, in order for us to be in God's kingdom, to see God's kingdom, to submit to the King and to follow His will. What I want to do this morning is, is take a look at the new birth quickly and also get into some of the fruit of the new birth, which is repentance, and hopefully uh, we will get that far today. But first of all, in order to think about the nature of the new birth, I think it helps us sometimes to think about what the new birth is not. I think this will be very beneficial for us, uh, whether we're new Christians or, or old Christians. Uh, but here's something we need to consider about the new birth, is first of all, the new birth is not, is not an eradication of the old nature. Uh, what we mean by that is that the old nature is still present within us. Even though we have, if you would, a new heart given to us, and we have a new nature, we have that spiritual nature, we have Christ in us, uh, is implanted in us in that new birth, that old man of sin uh, is still present. He is still there. Um, so the new, and understand this, that the new birth does not change the old man. What do I mean by that? I mean that that old sinful man that we're born with, that old nature, it's still the same, even after we're saved. But now there's a new man in the house. There is now a spiritual nature there, born again by the Spirit of God. Now this is evidence in, in many places in the Word of God, but I think one of the best places to see this is in Romans chapter 7. Again, the scriptures in red are the ones we'll try to turn to. But in Romans chapter 7, this is a, a seasoned Christian missionary pastor speaking who's written much of the New Testament, right? Uh, the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, even in his walk with God and surrender to God in his life, acknowledges that within himself there is a war, there is a battle going on. So he still fought this. And a lot of times it's good for us to remember this and we see these, these heroes of the faith and these men like the Apostle Paul, they were still men of like passions as we are. They still had that old nature that they must fight 
against. And we see this in Paul's description of this battle within him in Romans 7, and starting with verse 14, when he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. He's talking about his natural man. I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. He's saying there's things I want to do that sometimes I don't do. I think we can identify with that. But what I hate, that I do. Sometimes I do the things I don't want to do. <laughs> I agree with the law that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. The sin that dwells in me. There is still an indwelling sin. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, in my fleshly nature, nothing good, nothing good dwells. And so he's saying in that fleshly nature, there's nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. In other words, you're not going to find how to do good by the fleshly nature. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. He said, I know I'm doing it, but it's really not me. It's not who I want to be, but it is the old man still inside of me. Now, no doubt uh, the Apostle Paul would, would drive a psychiatrist crazy uh, in, in that kind of talk, but that's just, uh, we have a great dilemma uh, going on within us, don't we? It is the Apostle Paul who also wrote in, in, in Galatians 5, 17, uh, when he said, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish or the things you desire. He said, so we have this battle going on, and that's why sometimes we don't do what we really want to do. We still have that battle. So the new birth is not an eradication of the old nature. In other words, the old nature is not completely gone. But through the new birth, through the power of the living Christ within us, that Holy Spirit, we are now able to subdue and we're now able to have power over the old nature and are now able to live unto Christ. So it doesn't get rid of it, but the new birth enables us to have power over it. Now this is, I think, very elementary teaching, I think, to a seasoned Christian. Hopefully we would all know that if we've been saved for any time at all. But it's also a very important and fundamental truth that new believers need to realize. Um, probably all of us, most of us, probably when we were first saved, uh, maybe struggled at first whenever we had come to trust Christ and, and we believed that we were Christians and all of a sudden we found out we're not perfect. <laughs> all of a sudden we found out that we still struggle. We find out that, you know what, that old desire is still there. And we still struggle with it at times. And therefore we think, well, am I, am I saved? I mean, I still have evil desires. Folks, we will never escape those evil desires until we are out of this body. It's never going to happen. But hopefully, as a child of God, and we grow in faith, and we grow in the nurture of the Word of God, we hope that over time we become more and more like Jesus Christ. But that doesn't change the old nature. But as we yield more to the Holy Spirit of God, His teachings and, and His rule in our life and our heart, we will find that we overcome more and more the flesh as we grow in the faith. But the new convert needs to understand that the new birth does not eliminate the old nature. It doesn't eliminate the old nature. There is no time, whether at our new birth or later, where we become the sinless 
creatures here on this earth. That's not going to happen so long as we're in this old flesh. I mean, Paul later cries out in Romans 7. He has this loaning, this groaning. He says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But there's the sign of the new nature within him is he wanted to be set free finally from the very presence of sin in his life. And that's one of the signs of the new birth in Romans chapter 7. One is the battle rages within where we really want to serve Christ. And then we see there in Romans chapter 7 where he longs to be set free from that. And within the believer, there is that longing and groaning to not sin, as we'll look at in just a little bit. But so often when people first come to saving faith in Christ, they think, well, the struggle is gone. Listen, the struggle has really just begun. Because whenever you are lost, you're not fighting against sin. I mean, your flesh enjoys it. Your flesh wants it. I mean, your conscience might be pricked a little bit, you know, by, by what you're doing, especially if you were raised in a Christian home and you were taught the things of God. But deep down, you say, I want that. And until God changes you, you will always want that. Then the battle real begin, really begins when you come to saving faith in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and you have that new birth. Now you want to fight against sin. And so the very fact that you have an internal longing for righteousness and holiness, do you want that? Do you desire that? Say, yes, preacher, I want righteousness and, and holiness. I want to be like Christ. You truly want that. Then listen, that is a sign of the new birth because the natural man does not want that. And so this should be encouraging maybe for someone that's hearing this that that is the sign of the new birth. You've experienced the new birth is that now you have a genuine desire for Christ, for His holiness, for His righteousness, and you want that. The sign is not that now you feel perfect <laughs> and you feel great all the time and you don't have any struggles anymore. Listen, you have to worry about that person because... That's, that doesn't measure up with the new birth because if we have a new birth, we're going to have fights. We're going to have struggles. We're, want, we're going to want to be against the flesh. I like this quote from Ben Pays. He said this. He said, Repentance and faith infallibly and inseparably flow from regeneration. That's a, a mouthful in itself and it's true. But he said, True repentance takes place when God enables a heart to turn away from sin. This does not mean believers will not struggle with sin, but rather they are aware of their sin and they feel sorrow and conviction before God. Faith is more than intellectual assent. It is a God-given, unmistakable holding on to Christ and a total surrender to God's authority. This change from rebellion to submission, from unbelief to intelligent trust, is an unambiguous fruit of regeneration. So first of all, the new birth is not an eradication of of the old nature. And then quickly, these next two, the new birth is not simply getting religious or getting religion. When you take a look at Acts 17, we're not going to, uh, but some uh, look at that sometime and you see the people of Athens that were very religious, very religious, but they didn't know the true God. They didn't know Jesus Christ. Listen, just because people are religious, that doesn't mean that they know Jesus. You can be here and be religious and, and go through a form of a religious ceremony. Uh, you, can, you can give a little assent to spirituality, uh, but that doesn't mean that you are born again of the Spirit of God. 
some people seek religion or they seek spiritual behavior in order to obtain peace, whether peace with God or peace within themselves. But that is not necessarily the new birth. I'm afraid oftentimes we, we as Christians, we, we, we uh, think that, well, if a person is religious or they're just going to church or uh, if a person just at least talks about God, that somehow, well, well they must be right with God or, or they must be a Christian. Listen, Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus, who, who was a man who knew the law of God very well, who was a spiritual leader. He says, Nicodemus, you and everybody else, you must be born again. And, and so, listen, we need to be in the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. We should teach it to our children, just like Nicodemus' parents no doubt taught him, but there must be a new birth. And we need to understand that because the new birth is also more than an in intellect of the Scriptures. We can't think that the new birth is just a, a finally getting to a certain amount of knowledge of what the Bible says. Many of the Pharisees could quote much of the Old Testament, but they missed Christ. They didn't know Him. Nicodemus, I guarantee you, could quote the Old Testament better than any person here today, but he didn't know Jesus Christ. And I think he'd come to know Christ, and he needed a new birth, and the Scriptures are necessary in the new birth, as we'll see throughout these lessons, uh, but he didn't know Christ yet. But we must pour the Word of God into our children because they can show them that they need Jesus Christ. But it's more than getting religion. People need the new birth. They need God to give them that different heart. It's also more than human reformation. Human reformation occurs for various reasons, and, and people, I think, reform a lot through their life. And most people probably reform a little bit for the better. Many sometimes look at their life and they say, well, this is a bad habit, or this may be hurting myself, or this is hurting others. I need to change the way I think. I need to change the way I do things. And uh, this is hurting myself or other people. And so maybe they take some actions and changes in life to, to better their behavior, and it helps them in the long run, and it helps others around them. Many people have went through uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and have been helped by it. But, and have changed, and their life looking on the outside is better by it, and their family's life is better by it, and their children's life is better by it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they were born again and come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so the answer this morning is not necessarily that you just quit drinking or that you quit doing other bad things, sinful behaviors. The answer is that you need to be born again by the Spirit of God. Of course, if you're drinking, you should quit that. And if you're getting drunk, you need to turn from those things. But you need Jesus Christ. You need more than a reformation of character on the outside. You need to be transformed on the inside. And when we experience a transformation within, that enables us to change without. But people can change outside some. They can change. They, they, can, they can feel bad sometimes for what they're doing to themselves or to their family, and then they can change, but that does not necessarily mean that they have been born again. As oftentimes we assume that because people maybe quit doing certain sins, well, they must be saved. They must be born again. And while it's true that the new birth does work a change of behavior without... Mankind can quit doing some things 
that are bad and do things that are good as we look at them from a human perspective. But it does not mean that they have experienced a new birth and have a repentance of sin and a turning from sin to Christ. See, there is an outward form of repentance where people may quit doing bad things, but it's not a real spiritual repentance because it's more than turning from bad things. It's, a, it's what we turn toward. It's a turning from sin and a turning to the person of Jesus Christ. That's biblical repentance. It's a turning from sin to Jesus. People might quit doing things, but that doesn't necessarily mean they've turned to Christ. Now, positively considered, the new birth, when we say the new birth, other language can be regeneration. Um, regeneration is a creation of a spiritual nature performed by the work of the Holy Spirit. Man is entirely passive in this, in a new birth. In other words, we can't make ourselves be born again. We receive the gift of that spiritual life by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit quickens us and, and enlivens us, He imparts within us that desire for Christ, that desire to turn from sin in repentance and faith. And this is totally a work of God. In other words, it's not a joint effort. And it's not that God is trying to, to help you be born again and He just needs your final say-so. Man cannot give life to himself, neither does he desire this spiritual nature because that would go against his nature. Regeneration is not a joint work of God and human will. Listen, for we were born, the Bible teaches in John 1, 13, for we were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, so it's not because who you're related to, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Regeneration is solely the work of the Holy Spirit of God, a sovereign direct act. As taught in John chapter 3 and verse 8, where it talks about the wind blows where it listeth, and it goes where it wants. I cannot control the new birth. You cannot control the new birth. Oftentimes I might think, well, God's working here, but He's actually working over here. I have no control of that. It is a supernatural work. The new birth cannot be attributed to natural or a spiritual process that man, whether the one being born again or the one witnessing, has any power to accomplish it. There's not a thing that I can do to enable people to be born again. We are simply told to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share the word of God. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to take that word and to work within them and to cause that seed to bring forth life. Yes, God uses us in a sense to, to share the word of God, but when it comes to the actual being born again, you cannot cause that to happen. We do not have power of ourselves to make it happen within ourselves, neither do we have power to cause it to happen in other people. We preach Christ, we tell them of sin and the Savior, we can urge them to repentance, and I believe even beg them to repentance and implore them to repentance and to faith in Christ, all the while knowing that Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit must work in them. They must be drawn by the Father.
It's also an instantaneous work, the regeneration and, and being brought to life. When man finally sees, his eyes are immediately open, just like a newborn babe. I mean, it's blind in the womb, but when it comes out, it opens his eyes and is able to see. And we see suddenly, like, like a blind man has been blind all of his life, and like Jesus healed him, and suddenly he can see. It's an instantaneous work of God. And who opened those eyes? It was the Lord that opened those eyes. We would not question at all who healed people when Jesus walked upon his earth. Who opened their ears? Was it the, the deaf man? Was it the blind man that opened his own eyes? No, he would say, all I was know is once I was blind, but now I see. And he did nothing to do that for himself. No doubt God had worked within him, hadn't he? to hear the good news of Jesus and to implore and to ask Jesus. But who was even behind that? <laughs> it's an instantaneous work, though, where God opens our eyes. In other words, the new birth isn't something that happens over a long period of time. When it comes right down to regeneration, we're born again instantly. Now, was there a seed song years ago? Yes. Or maybe just recently? Yes. But the seed was planted and God uses that. God's Word, the seed is implanted, and it may grow within and, and germinate for some time, however long God may see fit. And then, But suddenly, the light will come on. Some of us were probably in what we call labor pains for a long time, under heavy conviction of sin, or full of doubts and fears for some time. But then finally, the light came on. And we've seen Christ is the answer. He is my hope. I hate sin, just like God does. And I love Jesus. I trust Him. It's like all of a sudden the light comes on. I was raised in church, folks, and from a little, as long as I can remember. I was taught the Word of God. I mean, I was taught doctrines of grace, and I was taught sound theology from a little boy. Uh, my pastor had, had written several books and was very sound in theology, and he was also my Sunday school teacher at the same time and for, for, for young men, and he hammered into us doctrine. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it was a good thing. But at the same time, I did not know Jesus Christ. I made a couple of professions of faith when I was young simply because I did not want to go to hell, but I never had a desire for Christ himself. I never knew Jesus Christ. I never had a change of heart to where that I wanted Jesus. I wanted him, his righteousness, his holiness. I wanted the word of God. I wanted to serve God, honor God, love God. I never had that until I was 20, almost 21 years old when God changed me from the inside. Now I remember just being burdened by sin. I didn't even know what that's what it was at the moment. When God finally worked within me, the words that I came out of my mouth was, I can see, I can see. Now, it may not be exactly like that, and your words may be different, but no doubt the light comes on instantaneously. He is the great physician, and he opens those eyes, and he's the first one that we see when, we, when he opens them. Now, the nature of the new birth, it is a work of God, it is a supernatural work, it is an instantaneous work, and it is complete when repentance and faith has been wrought in the soul. Now, here's where some people uh, would differ, I understand that, but repentance and faith, listen, this for, 
I think is important. Repentance and faith are the direct results of the new birth, are the evidences of the new birth, that one has been born of God. In other words, I don't go and repent and trust, and then new life comes. Listen, God through His Spirit, through the power of His Spirit, enables repentance and faith. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, we're told this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves Him, who begot, also loves Him who is begotten of God. It is a work of regeneration of the Holy Spirit, that new life within us that enables us to believe. So we're preacher, so don't get caught up in all this. So how can I know if I've been born again? The answer is simple. Have you repented? Have you believed? Have you repented of your sins? Have you trusted in Christ? So don't get caught up all in, in, in the fact that, boy, it's instantaneous and, and maybe it should be more dramatic uh, than, than what I'm thinking. Listen, don't get caught up in that. Say, well, well, preacher, I don't even know if I can pinpoint the very moment. Don't get caught up in that. Listen, if you have repented of your sins and you have a change of desire there where you're wanting the things of Christ and you want Jesus and you're trusting Him, you have been born again. That is a result of the new birth. We see in 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23 where it talks, we won't turn there for the sake of time, but it talks there about uh, the Word of God being born again by the Word of God. Faith and repentance are the results of spiritual life that has been produced and not the cause. Now, this is helpful for us. It should encourage us for many reasons. One, we realize that as we talk to others, that we talk to others, that the power to help people to believe is not in ourselves. In other words, you're in conversation with someone about the gospel, telling them about Jesus to repent of their sins and believe, and then maybe you leave that conversation and, and they never trust Christ, and maybe to this day they haven't trusted Christ. You don't look back and say, boy, I must have did it wrong. It's my fault. Somehow if I'd have changed my words, maybe they would have repented, maybe they would have believed. Listen, we can all be better witnesses, can't we? I think we can all say that. And any time I've witnessed anybody, I, I can look back and say, I probably could have said something a little different. But folks, the power isn't in, in, in the format of, of how we say things. It's not even in our attitude. <laughs> Though I want a good attitude. Jonah's attitude stunk. <laughs> God still used him. We shouldn't have stinky attitudes. But I'm just saying it's, it's not in us. We must share the Word of God. God uses that. And so this relieves us from the sense that, that we must do something to shake people up somehow to make them be born again. Listen, we can't do that. It's not our work. It's not our will. It's not, our, it's not anything within us that can cause that to happen. It is a work of God's Spirit. And so while we preach and plead to mankind to repent and believe, we also plead to God to intercede, to work, to move, to work within them, to draw them to Himself. It helps also when you understand that repentance and faith are the, are the result of the new birth. Then listen to this. Then you know you have experienced the new birth if you have repented and trusted Christ, just as we said. Now, oftentimes many people get caught up in, in being born again to, to, to an extreme to where they try to figure out if they've been born again 
by trying to recall their spiritual birth. That's not how you find out if you've been born again. Matter of fact, that's, that's how you figure out you're born again. You, you, you're going you're to have some problems later in life because your mind doesn't always remember things the way they really are or were. To be certain I was born physically, do I have to remember my physical birth to be certain that I'm alive today? No, and I'm glad I can't remember that. I'm glad God erases those first couple years, you know? Especially the first five minutes. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny. Don't want to think about it too long. But that's not how you know you're physically alive. You don't have to remember your physical birth. Well, I need to know I'm alive. I need to know if I'm alive physically. How can I know? I can't remember being born. Well, let's ask some questions. Do you have a heartbeat? Oh, uh, yeah. Guess what? You alive, man. Why? Because you have the signs of life. Let me tell you what. First signs of life, of spiritual life, is repentance and faith. How do you know you have spiritual life? Well, because I remember the day I was born again. That's how I know. Let me tell you what. That's not how you know. I've met too many people who can remember a day but, can't, but do not show any fruit of repentance in their life. A lot of people had a religious experience. A lot of people have an emotional experience. But they have not shown forth the fruits of repentance and faith in Christ. How do you know you were born again? Ask yourself a simple question. Have you repented of your sins? Have you turned to Christ? Do you want Him, His righteousness? Do you want Him? And you're just trusting in Him and Him alone. Can you answer yes to that? That's yes. Guess what? You've been born again. But I don't, but I don't remember the day. I don't remember how I felt. <laughs> you're, losing, you're losing sight. Listen. I think this is so important to realize this because I believe a lot of people are born again and come to faith and repentance at a young age. I think that happens. Um, I, I remember with, with some of our kids that were, were saved when they were young. Um, I, that sometimes it becomes an issue. Well, I can't remember exactly when. I was six years old. You know, some people might be like that. I was six years old, but I can't really remember. I don't, I don't remember being that dramatic. <laughs> Listen, quit thinking about all that. Really, I'm, I implore you to quit thinking about all that. You want to know if you're born again of God's Spirit? Have you repented of your sins? Do you desire Christ to turn to Him? And are you trusting in Christ and Christ alone? If you can honestly say yes to that, and you know that, you have been born again of God's Spirit. It's that simple. It's so important that we understand this. I love testimonies. I love when people can recall the time when, when God first saved them. I think that's, that can be good. But don't measure your testimony about when you were saved with when other people were saved to find you try to figure out if you are saved <laughs> i think that's dangerous Listen, my, my my experience is different than your experience but one thing is going to be commonly present with both of us we're turning from our sin turning to christ and we're trusting in jesus christ alone but our experiences may very well be different
If you seek to judge everybody's salvation by your experience of salvation, then you are misjudging people for sure. I know I have life without looking back because I see the evidence of life today. I don't judge, I, I don't judge if other people are physically alive by hearing about the day they were born. <laughs> I look for life today. In other words, you give me your testimony of what happened to you 20 years ago, I'm not going to say, man, they must be saved if your life shows no fruit of repentance and faith today. So having trouble recalling the moment, do not fear. Do you evidence the spiritual fruit of repentance of faith? Then you have been born again. I had a little bit more I was going to deal with, but I need to cut it off right here. Um, next week we'll get more into repentance and faith. Lord willing, I just don't want to belabor uh, that anymore. That could be a good place to stop. So, and Anyhow, Lord willing, we'll get into some elements of repentance and also faith, the Lord willing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, I ask, Lord, for you to work and to move and in the hearts of, of all that are here today to, uh, Lord, to draw each one unto you. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to uh, draw lost souls to you. Lord, maybe some just need assurance of salvation. They are saved, they've been born again in your spirit, and, and they have struggled with that. Lord, to know if genuinely they have been saved. And Lord, I pray that through this message, Lord, that uh, those of your people would, would receive assurance because they look and they know that the Spirit of God is in them and they're alive spiritually because they see those fruits of, of turning from sin, of turning to Christ and trusting in Christ in Christ alone. Father, I pray. I pray to you and I plead to you that all those here today that hear my voice, Lord, that hear the Word of God today, God, I pray for your Spirit to work and move. Many who have heard the Gospel time and time again, I pray for their precious souls that you would create a new life within them and work within them the work of regeneration and draw them unto Christ and give them that repentance and faith. Help them to see that of themselves they cannot, that they have no power of their own. But salvation is all of you. Give them that will and that desire. Work within them. So I pray for them that have heard the gospel for many years, that you've saved their souls. I pray for our young people, Lord, that are here, that you'd save them at a young age, at a very young age, and bring them to that faith and repentance in Christ. Have mercy upon us. May your spirit blow upon us and work and move sovereignly here within us, within each heart, to draw each one to yourself, to make yourself known unto us. Father, I pray this for your honor and for your glory that we be vessels of mercy, that we would serve and honor the true and living God all the days of our life, and that those that are here may be lost right now would be saved on their way to heaven, that they would flee from the judgment of God to come, that they would understand that the judgment of God is real, and understand also that the mercy of God is real, the forgiveness of God is real, the person of Christ is real, the gospel is real, 
that they need Jesus more than anything. Oh, work within them a hatred for their very own sin and a turning from it, a desire to let go of sin and to turn to Christ. Oh, I pray and plead with you, O oh God. Save those this morning who are lost without Christ. I ask and plead with you to do this work. It's out of my hands. It's out of our hands. Work mightily among us. We'll give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Stir greatly among us. And we can honestly say with all assurance, it was the Lord. Salvation is of you. Bring that to us this day, I pray, in the name of Jesus, and amen.